Sketches from Scripture presents Discovery Bible Study Stop reading the Bible. That's right. You heard me. Stop reading it. Stop merely reading the Bible and start discovering God through the Bible. The reason we read the Bible is not just for knowledge or insight or practical application. We engage with the Bible in order to deeply experience the Father who loves us, the Son who saves us, and the Spirit that empowers us. We dive into Scripture so we may better trust and follow Christ, better love our God and our neighbor. If you want to learn to devour your Bible, this short two-part series is for you. Follow along as we learn about Discovery Bible Study, an extremely simple tool that can take your time with God's Word to the next level. Discovery Bible Study was originally developed by Final Command Ministries, and you can learn more about it at northboulevard.com dbs. What are you thankful for? What challenges do you see? Did you accomplish what you committed to? What's this passage say about God? What's it say about people? What am I going to do about it? Who am I going to tell about it? How can we help each other? If you can answer these eight simple questions, you can turn the world upside down the way Jesus intended, by reading scripture with others and obeying what you read. It really is that simple. Get ready to devour your Bible with Discovery Bible Study. Okay, this is part two of Discovery Bible Study, and we're just taking a look at what Discovery Bible Study is, how it works, and some best practices. So that's what we're going to kind of look at tonight is best practices. So we'll just do a quick review of what we looked at last night. You can go to northboulevard.com slash DBS, and you'll find lots of information on Discovery Bible Study or we just call it DBS lots of times, northboulevard.com slash DBS. And on the left-hand side, you'll see the eight questions that we talked about last night. Then you'll see a video there that says about DBS, about Discovery Bible Study. And you'll see that it's about seven and a half minutes. And it's just uh, an instructional video going through a lot of the things that we've been through last night and some things that we'll talk about tonight, it's just uh, compressed down into seven and a half minutes. So if you've got someone that wants to know about Discovery Bible Study, but they don't want to listen to uh, last night's lesson and, t- and tonight's lesson, then you can just send them this and they can look at that seven and a half minute video. And get, It's a good summary, good Cliff Notes version uh, or Spark Notes version for the people, younger people than me of what Discovery Bible Study is and how it works. You'll also see under the video, there's a few links, the green text there, those are links. So one of those is to Final Command Ministries. Final Command is the group that developed Discovery Bible Study. We've um, adjusted some of the wording and added some things to it a little bit at North Boulevard. And I do, you know, everybody who gets it kind of puts their own little spin on it. But Final Command, they're the people that really developed it and what we use looks remarkably like what they have developed. And uh, the second link down under the video is for 
the Vimeo DBS channel. So what that means is uh, Vimeo is a site kind of like YouTube that plays video. Um, it's just uh, Vimeo has no ads and doesn't spin you out into a bunch of garbage like YouTube does uh, trying to suggest other videos and that sort of thing. DBS, of course, stands for Discovery Bible Study and then the channel. So North Boulevard has a presence on, has an account on, on Vimeo. And then under the North Boulevard profile, there's several channels. And some of it is David's sermons. Some of it is uh, commercials that we've done for the TV program. And then we have a channel that is uh, things related to Discovery Bible Study. And then the third link that you'll see down there, it says Discipleship Handbook. And that is the discipling handbook that we've been looking at. Looks kind of like this. These are the Discovery Bible Study pages from the Discipling Handbook. And um, so if you want to go through all the pages of the handbook and, and see everything that's in that, then uh, that's where the link for that is uh, just there under the video, that third link in the, sec the second paragraph, that last link there that says Discipleship Handbook. Now, uh, also on this page, if you scroll down, you'll see something that says Featured DBS Studies. And all of these are different series. Uh, some of them were sermon series. So for instance, this James series, that was um, based on a sermon that uh, sermon series that uh, David Young did on the book of James. I think we also made a James bookmark that is the entire book of James. I think that's all collected there under the James heading. Um, the, um, the, the, the Radical and the, the Whopper and some of these, these are uh, the Iron Man and I think the written study, these were done for the youth group. They were for either the fall retreat or for a guy's retreat or, or in the case of the written study, the girl's retreat. So those were scriptures that my brother picked out thematically. Um, so again, what you'll see when you click into one of these, we'll just click into the written study here so you can kind of see what's in there. And this is for the teen girls. You see the it's got an attractive design and this is a bookmark. And so you can download these images or you can... Uh, see the green link there at the top of the screen that says download the print quality PDF. And so if you wanted to send it to a professional printer and have them printed and, and cut, you could do that even. Um, so here they are. Of course, they are labeled with uh, down at the bottom with Final Command on one side and North Boulevard on the other, but you're free to use them. So this one is specific to teen girls and specific to the, the theme of the retreat from that weekend. Um, Again, you got lots of David Young's sermon series down here uh, that he's done. So you can click around, look through those. Some of these like the Follow Christ, this is a, specifically for salvation. The Call of Jesus is another one that is part one is about getting someone to a salvation decision. And the second one is about what it means to live as a as a follower of Jesus, as a, as a disciple of Jesus. Um, the first two series that we did were this Discovering Discipleship and the Sermon on the Mount. And the Discovering Discipleship series is really important because this is the series that comes directly from Final Command. So in uh, the book, um, Miraculous Movements, written by Jerry Trousdale, one of the guys from Final Command, and he used this Discovery Bible study in Africa uh, quite a bit. And um, 
they detail how they they have these certain scriptures that begin in Genesis and go all the way through the New Testament. And essentially, it tells the story of the Bible. So it talks about who God is. It talks about uh, sin, uh, the nature of man. Uh, it talks about God's relationship with uh, Abraham and the covenants and what it means to be God's people. It talks goes through the prophets and, and we see Christ being predicted. Then you have some basics from the gospel. Then you have some very basics from Paul and Christian living. And the whole idea of the discovering discipleship or the discovering God series is to understand what it means to, what's the story of the Bible? And then what does it mean to be uh, a disciple? And then uh, the Sermon on the Mount series after that, um, which is uh, just next to it, this green one, uh, it goes through the entire Sermon on the Mount as it appears in Matthew, chunk by chunk, piece by piece. And so uh, you'll notice they, they say part one at the bottom. That's because there's a part one and a part two. So let's just click into discovering discipleship here. And um, what the the beauty of the discovering discipleship series is not only do you have the bookmarks here for part one and for part two, but you also have these videos and you'll notice they're all a little over 10 minutes. And uh, this is 10 minute teachings from uh, the preacher at North Boulevard, David Young, on each of these passages. And you'll find the same thing if you look at the Sermon on the Mount series. So the Discovering Discipleship series, what is all about what it means to be a disciple. There's 20 of those, 10 on each bookmark. The Sermon on the Mount series, there's 20 of those, 10 on each bookmark. So that's 40 10-minute lessons all together. These 40 lessons in particular were used to uh, start little house churches, particularly um, we trained some college students to do it. And we trained some college students to plant house churches in their dorm rooms. And a few of them uh, did it and, and, and met for some time. And this provides them with quality teaching. So they're not, you know, maybe they're not good speakers or maybe they don't know much about the Bible. They can look at these 10 minute lessons. They can show them to the group and then they can read the scripture together. They can do a discovery Bible study, do the other things that would be required, for, you know, call it church to sing together and take communion and those sorts of things. And you could start a church with four or five people. You've got great teaching from one of the uh, best preachers in the world, and you've got good, solid biblical teaching, and you've got a good, solid biblical process for reading scripture and discussing it together in a way that you're actually going to obey it and hold each other accountable. So you can do a discipleship group with these. You can use them for your own personal study. You can plant a little house church with these. And again, just the Discovering Discipleship and Sermon on the Mount series, that's 40 lessons. That's almost an entire year. By the time you figure in, probably, you know, groups not meeting for sickness or uh, taking off for vacation or something like that. That's 40 weeks of being able to start, um, you know, a, a small church of some kind, essentially, with just uh, stuff that's right here free on the Internet for you to use. So, again, all of this is at uh, northboulevard.com slash dbs. You can find um, these all these different bookmark series. Uh, here's the Sermon on the Mount series with all the videos there. Again, they're all uh, 10 minutes or more. And if you go into some of these that are from David Young's uh, sermon series, like he did one from the book of Exodus, uh, it's actually going to take you and show you his entire 40-minute sermon. So uh, there's uh, six parts to it. You can see all six parts here. We've got the video. We've got little social media things that you can share. Here's the bookmarks over here on the side. Links to be able to... Um, take them to a, a, a printer 
and print them professionally. So you just got all kinds of things here at your disposal for uh, for you to use. You can download these and, and make them your desktop background or something like that if you want to do something like that. So there's plenty of series here, plenty of uh, things to be able to use. And this is uh, a great resource. When you look at this on mobile, what's great about this page is the very first thing that comes up are the eight questions. So if you forget what the eight questions are, if you can remember northboulevard.com slash DBS for Discovery Bible Study, if you can remember that link, or if you have that link bookmark or saved to your home screen or something like that, you can tap there, boom, those eight questions come up and you can just read them. You don't even have to remember the questions. I think once you do Discovery Bible Study a time or two, you're going to remember the questions, no problem. It just is, it, it flows really well. It makes a lot of sense and it'll become second nature very quickly. We make the bookmarks, not really for you to use during the group, although you could, in the beginning, you can use them for that. Usually once you do the group a couple of times, you don't need the questions. You might use it just to reference the scriptures, but really we just make it sort of a, it's almost like an ad. It's like an attractive thing that you can hand to somebody and say, hey, would you like to read some things with me? They look better than a lot of tracks that get printed. They're more simple. There's, you know, it's not 30 pages of stuff to read. It's not trying to make some kind of argument or anything like that. You don't have to really study it and, de and determine what's the teaching that's going on here because there's no teaching that's happening. It just tells you, here's how to read the Bible and the kinds of questions you should ask. Here are some scriptures we recommend reading. And so it's the discovering process as you read scripture together, that's where you're going to get the learning just from the Bible itself. So this is the beautiful thing about Discovery Bible Study is the Bible does the teaching. The group leader doesn't have to do the teaching. So if you are terrified about leading a group because you don't know enough or you don't have anything to say or you're not a good teacher or you're not a good speaker, Discovery Bible Study is perfect for you because there's nothing to plan ahead. There's no, you don't have to know anything in advance. People in your group don't even have to be literate. You know, one person in your group should be literate so that the Bible can be read. But other than that, uh, it's it's really very straightforward. It's very simple. It lets the Bible do the teaching. And so one question you might have is, well, you know, what about heresy? What about not understanding the Bible correctly? What about some bad theology? That sort of thing. When you look at Scripture and you look at Scripture correctly, when you're looking at small snippets of it and you haven't looked at the whole Bible yet, sure, it's easy to walk away with um, some theology that might not be exactly on point. But if you're really reading the scripture and you're really asking what it says about God and you're really asking what it says about people and you're deciding, I'm going to put this passage into practice, very rarely are you going to uh, do something that that's that's you know, way out of the lines, almost Every time you really look at a piece of scripture in that way, you're going to walk away and do something that's going to get you closer to God, not farther away. There was a guy who planted some house churches. I think the movement started down in Hawaii and it carried on to the point that there were nine generations of house churches. The house church just kind of kept multiplying until there was about, I think it's 1700 of them or something, I think is, is um, the, the, the number that he gave when I heard him speak. And this was years ago. So there's probably more than that now. And he went and visited some of these that were eight and nine generations away from him. They'd never heard of him. They'd never heard of this guy. They're like, who are you coming into our church? They had no idea that he was the one that kind of started this movement. That's the way it should be. It's about the Bible. It's about Jesus. It's not about a person, right? So that's really wonderful. So as he was, describing the process and sort of uh, how that works, these discipleship groups that can continue to multiply. One of the questions they asked was, don't you worry about false teaching? Don't you worry about heresy when you've got these groups sort of multiplying? You don't have any sort of central oversight or anything like that. And he said, well, we disciple our groups to read the Bible every day, five chapters a day. 
they're reading 35 chapters of the Bible a week. So it's really hard to read five chapters of the Bible a day to spend, you know, half an hour or more in the Bible every day, to read 35 chapters of Bible a week, discuss it with other people and hold each other accountable. It's really difficult to do that and go real far off the rails, right? Everybody's looking at the same scripture and they're going to come up with a lot of the same ideas that most Christians have come up with for the last uh, several thousand years. Uh, as an example, in the denominational world right now, we see many Baptist churches, many Methodist churches, many Presbyterian churches really getting back to Scripture, really delving into Scripture. And we see a lot of changes going on in their experiential worship, in their contemporary uh, groups, in their community churches. And they're looking a lot like the restoration churches from 200 years ago. Every few hundred years, we always have this sort of reform movement where we go, wait a minute, wait a minute, we've we've forgotten what all this was about. Let's go back to the Bible and 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 readjust. And you see that happening, you know, every so often. Uh, churches of Christ came out of that, and churches of Christ are doing it again with this discipleship movement. Really going, oh wait a minute, we we we've, we've got a good Sunday morning service, we've got good Bible studies, but but our people aren't growing, our our, our teens are leaving the church. Our, our college people aren't showing up. Well, what, what have we done wrong? As we go back to discipleship, we see teens that are um, bringing their friends to Christ. We see college students that are starting churches in their dorm. We're seeing churches being planted uh, across the street from other churches and still continuing to grow. Uh, we're seeing uh, all kinds of growth happening in uh, churches everywhere. So this kind of restoration and reformation just keeps going and keeps going. And this is this is nothing new. Paul dealt with all the issues that most churches deal with in, in the very first churches. Paul was around the very first churches. And they had a lot of the same things to deal with that we deal with. And Paul's answer was always the same. It's the word. You go back to the scripture. You go back to the word. You go back to your love for Christ. You follow him. You don't cling to tradition and think that's going to save you. And you don't cling to the world and think that that's going to make you relevant. Instead, you cling to Christ. You cling to Jesus. You cling to his word. You cling to the scripture. And that is going to lead you where you need to go. Remember, Jesus didn't say, come here. He said, follow me. Right. So Jesus is on the move and we're going to go with him. So a way that we can do that in study with other people is discovery Bible study. It's really informal. You don't have to prepare anything. You can sit down and participate in it with your friends. A great way to do this. So we're going to talk about best practices tonight. So one great way to initiate a discovery Bible study when you've got somebody that you think will probably sit down and read the Bible with you for a few weeks is to is to just ask them to do it for a few weeks. So lots of times when we ask people to join a small group, it seems kind of interminable. It seems to kind of go on forever. If you give them a sunset period, they're, they're much more likely to give it a try. Most people will, will give anything a try for a, a friend that, that, and for an idea that sounds good. They'll give anything a try for four weeks, six weeks, something like that. So that's why a lot of these bookmarks are really great because a lot of the bookmarks, some of them have 10 scriptures or, or more. Most of them have like six. You know, it's a six-week series or a five-week series or something like that. And so you can get one of these that has five or six. In fact, if you download the PDF of the Discipling Handbook, here you can see the scriptures for the Call of Jesus series, part one and two, each each week, or I'm sorry, each uh, part has six lessons in it, has six pieces of scripture, and you can just do one a week. So you can ask them, hey, would you want to read the Bible with me for six weeks? And you could do part one. And if they enjoyed that six weeks, you could say, hey, if you've enjoyed this, what do you think about another six weeks? And if they agree to that, then you can do Call of Jesus Part 2. Then you could say, hey, 
what about uh, 10 more weeks? And you could do Sermon on the Mount part one, something like that. So having a sunset period just gives a time when everybody kind of come together and say, hey, we did this, we gave it a go, and it's been really great. Let's keep going. Or you know what, this isn't for me and let's not do this anymore. So sometimes you're going to have people that don't want to do it or don't want to continue to do it or do it for a couple of weeks and then they don't not don't have any interest in it. And that's just going to happen. Their salvation is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to reach them. Your responsibility is to take the word to them. Okay. So there are three responsibilities in making disciples, three responsibilities in discipleship. There's what you're supposed to do, there's what the person who's being discipled is supposed to do. And then there is what God is going to do, right? So in the What is Discipleship series, we talked about revelation and transformation. I mentioned it very briefly. So God is the only one that can provide revelation. He's the only one that can do it. If somebody reads the scripture, God is the only one that can open their mind, open their eyes, open their heart to what is being said. You see evidence of that all throughout the book of Acts. We think about Acts being, you know, the Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit and the Acts of the Word going out into the world. And so as the Apostles and as the Evangelists go from town to town preaching, they're sharing the Word and it's the Word that is convicting people, right? It wasn't Peter that convicted people in Acts chapter 2. It was Scripture. It was the Word of God that convicted people in Acts chapter 2. It was the preaching of the Holy Spirit that convicted people in Acts chapter 2. And you see that all throughout the book of Acts. So when somebody reads scripture and they have an aha moment or their eyes are open to something, that's all God. You can't provide that for them. Uh, that's not on you. So number one, don't try and force people to have an aha moment because you can't do it. But number two, that should be very freeing because that's not your responsibility. God is going to be the one who's going to open their, their mind, open their heart, open their eyes or not. God's going to provide revelation. That's not on you. That's on God. Then there is the transformation. Okay. The transformation is, uh, we call it spiritual formation. We call it spiritual maturity. We call it spiritual growth, call it all kinds of things. They all mean the same thing. It means someone who is maturing in Christ, someone who is looking more and more like Jesus every day, someone who is trusting and following Jesus. Okay. Someone who is going through some kind of spiritual development. They're on a, on a, on a forward path down the narrow path and they're doing well. So, um, as they're going through this transformation, as they're having their shape changed to look more like Christ, they're having their shape changed by the Holy Spirit, by the word, that transformation, that only comes from God. That only comes from the spirit. That does not come from you. You cannot provide that. You can't make people change. So number one, don't try to make people change because you can't. Number two, it should be very freeing because that's not your responsibility. Changing this person is not your responsibility. This person changing is not on you. God's going to provide the transformation. That's not on you. So God's going to provide the revelation. God's going to provide the transformation. And the bridge that gets from revelation to transformation is obedience. And obedience is the responsibility of the person being discipled. So as you are doing Discovery Bible study with them, as you're reading them, when you get to that question, okay, how are you going to put this passage into practice? They're going to make some kind of I will statement. Well, you know, I will write down three things I'm thankful for every day. Okay, great. The week passes, they come back, and now you're going to hold them accountable. Hey, did you did you do that? Did you write down some things that you were thankful for? Oh, you know, I did it for three or four days, and then I didn't I didn't do it after that. Well, well, tell me how it went for those three or four days. Well, you know, I did kind of notice it changed my attitude. The, the obedience is on their is on their on the obedience is their responsibility. The obedience is on on their end. That's 
their responsibility, the obedience. So God provides the revelation. God provides the transformation. And the bridge between revelation and transformation is obedience. I uh, got this understanding from Dave Buring with um, Line Share Ministries out of Nashville. I think it's a really great way to think about things. Okay, so if God's responsibility is the revelation and the transformation, and the person being discipled, their responsibility is the obedience, what's, what's my responsibility? What's your responsibility? Well, your responsibility is to take God and this person that you want to see discipled and get them together. That's your responsibility is to get these two together. So that's why we give you Discovery Bible Study, so you can get these two together. Okay, Your only responsibility is to sow the seed. That's your responsibility, is to get the person that you would like to see trust and follow Jesus together with Jesus, together with the Word, together with Scripture. If you sit down and you make things happen and you be proactive, you be intentional, and you get to get, get them to uh, get down and read the Scripture, they might reject it. They might. That's not on you. They might do like some have done in studies that I've been in. Look into scripture, see that it's going to change them, not be ready for that change and walk away. I've seen that happen too. It's very sad and you want to talk people out of it and, and, you, and you try and some people just, they don't want that in their life right now. Or they maybe they're, they're so hurt by things that have happened in their life or by things that they're addicted to that they, they think maybe I can't change in that way, that I can't envision myself ever being different. So I don't want to take uh, what's going on with me or what's wrong with me and tarnish the reputation of that because I really like that, but I don't want any part of it because my life looks like something different. I've, I've seen this happen and it's, it's very sad, but it's not your responsibility. It's, it's their responsibility whether or not they're going to obey, and it's on God <clears throat> to soften their heart. Excuse me. <clears throat> so your sole responsibility is to get them together with the Word, is to get them together with Scripture. That's really the only thing that you can do. So let's go back to Discovery Bible Study and take a look at it real quick. Notice that there are uh, five green headings over here on the left. Discipling praise, discipling intercession discipling accountability, discipling obedience, and discipling service. So Discovery Bible Study is not just a Bible study, but it is a discipline. You're trying to build discipline, not just a Bible study discipline, but an obedience discipline. And so uh, these headings are the types of things, the types of disciplines that you're trying to build. The first question, hey, what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? You're discipling praise. The question what challenges do you see going on in your, in your life? You're discipling intercession. Question three, you're going to say, hey, did you do what you said you were going to do last week? You're discipling accountability. In the text question, so you read, reread, retell, and consider the details. After you interact with the text, you ask the four text questions. What do we learn about God? What do we learn about people? How am I going to put this passage into practice? And who can I encourage with this passage? Those four questions disciple obedience to the text that you just read, to the Word of God, to God Himself. And the last question, which is uh, kind of off the screen there, is how can we help each other? And that's discipling service. That's discipling caring for one another and helping each other. So Discovery Bible Study is about building disciplines. It's about discipling. It's about helping other people trust and follow Jesus. It's not about information. If you want to be a student of the Bible, Forget this. This is not for you. But if you want to be a disciple, if you want to be an apprentice who is learning something from someone else, learning how to do something from someone else, if you want to be a disciple, Discovery Bible Study is a great, great 
tool. So um, let's uh, go back and I want to show you one more thing about Discovery Bible Study that maybe will, will help simplify some things for you a little bit. So you'll notice the video thumbnail here. You'll see some colored bars there that say, he is, we are, I will, you can. If you look over on the left, under where it says read the passage and look at questions four, five, and six, you'll notice those questions have a heading that are the same. He is, we are, I will, you can. If you look at the bookmark in the, in the uh, discipleship handbook, it's obscured a little bit by the artwork, but you see the front of the bookmark there, the leftmost bookmark, he is, we are, I will, you can. All right, what is that about? Well, those are the way that you would answer. That's the beginnings of the answers to those four questions. So when you look at a text and you say, what do we learn about God? Your answer would begin with, he is, and then you fill in the blank with some eternal characteristic of God. So a lot of times what happens, especially when you're doing discovery Bible study for the first couple of times, is people will read a passage and you'll say, hey, what does this say about God? And people will say, well, you know, I think this, I think that, and you got to do this. And they get into preaching mode and they get into Bible study mode and they're teaching everybody. And that's fine. It's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just not what Discovery Bible Study is trying to do. Discovery Bible Study is for each individual to look into the scripture and discover something. And we're trying to discover something that we can take with us and use, whether it's a discipline for ourselves or if it's knowledge about God and human nature. So when we ask, what does it say about God? We're not looking for teaching and aphorisms and application, any of that, we're just asking very simple, straightforward question. What does it say about God? What's a characteristic about God that appears in this passage? So you should answer that question beginning with he is. That will then put you in the right frame of mind for getting to the right answer. He is love. God is love. God is just. God is merciful. God is forgiving. Okay. Um, you can vary it a little bit, but kind of keep that same formula. So you say, uh, God loves all people, things like that, right? But you see the format there. That gets people in the right mindset for the kind of thing that we're looking to discover in the passage. Likewise, when you get to the question of what do we learn about people, we say we are. First of all, we is first person. It's first person plural. So it's talking about all people, human nature, of which, of course, we are one. I am one, but it's also first person. And that puts people in a first person mindset. Remember we said last night, lots of Bible studies, when people talk in discussion, they're talking in second person. Well, you ought to do this. And sort of the general you, we're not really talking to the other person on the other side of the room, but we're talking sort of in the general you. We do that to distance ourselves from the thing that we're saying. That's honestly the reason why we do that. When we say you have to do it, uh, it's a way of getting out of saying, well, I have to do this. Because if we say that I I should do this, then we have to acknowledge whether we do or don't do that. <laughs> Many times we don't, right? So uh, that's the reason for beginning this with we are is right away you're bringing yourself into the picture. You're talking about yourself when you're talking about human nature. So it's all people, something that applies to everybody or most people, but uh, you're already putting yourself sort of right in the, right in the center of the spotlight. Next question is, is very much like it. Um, you can ask this question any one of three ways. Um, the typical way is how are you going to put this passage into practice? For people who are Christian, who are disciples of Jesus, who are trying to grow in their spiritual discipline, who are very intentionally studying scripture, you can really point that question a little deeper and you can say, what has the Holy Spirit revealed to you in this passage and how will you obey it in your life this week? I mentioned Dave Buring a minute ago talking about revelation, transformation, and the bridge of obedience. 
When he does his discipleship groups, uh, they really only ask two questions. There's a passage that they've looked at all week. And when they get together for their group, he just goes around and says, what's the Holy Spirit revealed to you? And how are you going to obey it in your life this week? Those two questions, the only two questions he asks in his group. Why? Because even in Discovery Bible Study, discipling obedience, that's the key to this whole thing is living out the word that we're reading so that we, through discipline, become more and more like Jesus. So when we say, how am I going to put this passage into practice? Or what has the Holy Spirit revealed to me in this passage? What we're saying is, how can I trust and follow Jesus more deeply? That's why the answer to this question must begin with, I will. And so we actually call this the I will. So when we come back, question three there, did you do what you said you're going to do from last week? What, you know, when we get to question three in my groups, I say, okay, what was your I will from last week? And I say, oh, I said I would do this. Okay, did you do that? And how did that go? And so we call it the I will. The I will is the hinge of Discovery Bible Study. The I will is the hinge of Discovery Bible Study. But the I will has no power if you don't ask the next week if there's no accountability. If there's no accountability, the I will has no power. So the I will is the hinge, but the accountability gives it its power. So the I will is very important. So I said there's three ways you can ask this question. One way is how can I put this passage into practice? That's the typical way you'll see it. The second way is what's the Holy Spirit revealed to you in this passage? So sometimes you'll read something and something will just really stick on you. You just can't get one little phrase you read out of your mind. And you have to ask yourself, why is this sticking out to me? And is the Spirit trying to tell me something here? So what's the Spirit revealed to you? And how are you going to obey that in your life this week? A third way you can ask this question is for people who are not believers yet, people who don't know much about the Bible, people who have not made a commitment to Christ, people who maybe don't even believe in God. They're reading the scripture with you and you say, hey, what does this say about God? And they say, well, I don't know if I believe in God. And honestly, you can say, I understand you don't believe in God. That's really got nothing to do with it. All, I, all I'm asking is, what does this say about God? I'm not asking you even to believe it. I'd love for you to believe it, but I'm not asking you to believe it. The only question I'm asking is, what does it say about God? And usually they'll go, oh, well, no, it says this. Okay, great. What does this say about human nature? Well, I think this about humans. I think that's that about humans. Hey, that's great. But that's not what I asked. What I asked was, what does this passage say about people? I'm not even asking you to agree with it or say that it's true or anything like that. I'm just asking, what does this passage say? Well, it, it says this about people. Okay. So it says this about God. It says this about people. If those two things were true, what might you have to change in your life? So that's a third way that you can ask this I will question with someone who's not a believer in scripture, somebody who's not a believer in God, someone who's not a follower of Christ. Once they answer what it says about God, once they say what it says about people, you could say, okay, let's assume those two things were true. If they were, what might you want to change in your life. Well, I guess if those were true, I might change this. Okay. The remember the the hinge of discovery bible study is the obedience. So even with somebody who doesn't believe, the suggestion would be, "Hey, why don't you do that this week? If you think that would make you look more like these things that this scripture said, why don't you do that this week and then we'll talk about it next week and see what happens." In my experience, Non-Christians obey way more than Christians. Sorry if that's a shocking thing to say, but Christians have been in all kinds of Bible studies. Christians do all kinds of obeying all the time. They'll come up with some idea. Usually their idea is way too big to try and accomplish. I'm going to write three letters a day to, you know, every senator in the country. Okay. You're not, you're not going to do that. That's too big, right? Uh, 
people who are un- non-believers, they, they will say something that they're really going to do. Okay, I'll write down one thing that I'm thankful for every day. And, they're, and they'll do it. In my experience, the people who are not believers will do what they say they're going to do. And Christians often don't. Myself included. I'm including myself because I'm a Christian. Okay. I don't know what it is. It's something about us being churched and being part of church, church culture. And frankly, it's from decades of the church preaching a lot of things and not holding a lot of people accountable. When we say things and don't do them, or when we say things and don't hold people accountable, what we're really telling people is, eh, you don't really have to do that. So when people get in, when Christians get into discovery Bible study, one of the first things they do is say they're going to do something and then they don't do it because that's what they've been discipled to do by their churches for years and years and years and years of growing up. And it's sad, but true. Non-Christians come in and they say, I'm going to do this this week. And guess what? They do it. And when they do it, they see, hey, something in me is changing because of the stuff that we're reading. And then they get curious about what you're looking at and they want to know more. So three ways to talk about the I will question. How am I going to put this passage into practice? What's the Holy Spirit revealed to me? And how am I I going to obey that in my life this week? And if I believe this were true, what might I have to change about my life? Now, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, how you answer this question ought to be five things. And you can remember the acronym SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And that stands for Specific, Measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-sensitive. So specific means uh, you don't want to say something like, well, I really should be nicer. Okay, that's great. What does that mean even? What does nice even mean, right? So let's let's get a, a little specific. Sometimes when somebody says something like that in, in the group, I'll say, is there someone that you're planning on not being nice to this week? And they say, well, you know, I do have this one coworker. We kind of get into it. Okay, so Instead of not getting into it this week, because your I will shouldn't be an I won't, it should be an I will. It should be something proactive, something intentional that you're going to do. Well, when, um, so like I I had somebody in my group one time that um, they were substitute teaching and they had another teacher they were just kind of bumping heads with. And so the specific thing they got to was, you know what, I'm going to pray for her before I get out of my car every morning going into school. And so that suddenly went from something I'm going to be nicer to, oh, now it's something specific. Also, it's something measurable. He's going to say a prayer for her in the parking lot every morning before he goes in. So, you know, that's going to happen five days out of the week, the school days, right? It's going to, it's just a short thing. Did he pray for her? Yes. You can check it off. Okay. Again, we're not trying to make a checklist Christianity here. We're just trying to build a discipline and you got to do that through just sort of small moves that you can complete and obey, right? So it's measurable. So it's specific, it's measurable, and it's attainable. It's totally something that he can do. If he said, I'm going to write her a 10-page letter every morning before I get out of the car, hey, you're not going to do that. That's not going to happen, right? So that's not attainable. And the next one is kind of like it realistic, like that's not realistic. Or if he said, you know what, I'm going to buy her a house this week. No, you don't have that kind of money, dude. That's not realistic. Okay. So attainable or realistic, they kind of go together, uh, but it also helps us spell the word smart. So that, that, that helps out too. And the last one, the T is time specific or time sensitive. And basically what that means is put a specific time on it, but also make it within 24 to 48 hours of right now. Because if you don't start on it in 24 hours, you're probably not going to do it. So it can be something that you do every day. It can be, even if it's something that you're going to do three times this week, the next time should be tomorrow. You should do it within 24 to 48 hours, because if you don't, chances are you're not going to do it. You're going to get to 
you know, it's going to be Tuesday night group and it's going to be Tuesday afternoon and you're going to be looking at your I wills and you go, oh yeah, I was supposed to write seven letters and I've got 20 minutes. You know, you're just going to forget. So time specific, that's what the last one's for. So specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time specific or time sensitive. Either one of those can work. So SMART, if you can remember that acronym, the I will should be something SMART, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time specific, time sensitive. Um, the last question that um, uh, with the text, question seven, who do you know that needs to hear this? Or the way I always phrase it is, who can you encourage with this passage? This is why we use you can as the answer to this question. Now, this isn't because you're going to answer the question this way in the group, but it's going to be the thing that you're going to say to uh, the person that you're going to encourage. Hey, you know what? I got a friend that's going through a, a tough time. They'd really be encouraged by this passage about um, peace. And so I'm going to tell them you can find peace in Christ or something like that, right? So you see how that works. So this makes it really great because if you can remember eight of the most basic words in the English vocabulary, which even four and five-year-olds can do, then you can remember how to do Discovery Bible Study. He is, we are, I will, you can. If you can remember those eight words, then you'll remember the four key text questions with Discovery Bible Study. So if you don't have an internet connection, or if you forget the, where to look up the questions, uh, or if you're just in a rush, or you're just looking for something to memorize, he is, we are, I will, you can. If you can remember those eight words, you'll know how to do Discovery Bible Study with the text. You can do Discovery Bible Study by yourself. It's a great way for your own personal study. You can do it in a discipling group, a transformational, a transparent group of two to five, same gender, where there's some openness and vulnerability and accountability. You can do it in a small group setting. Everybody may not be able to answer every question, but if you've got a small group that's truly small, under 20, um, I, I've done it with groups that have had as many as 11 people and everybody gets to answer at least one question in there. And if there are people that are used to discovery Bible study, lots of times you can really pop off the thankful and challenge questions. Okay. You got one word, go, you know, and kind of go around and people understand that you're on a, a time crunch. There've been other times when I've had, you know, nine or 10 people that have come to group. And so we separated into guys and girls. So we have, you know, four and five in each group. Uh, of one group of guys and one group of girls. And that way we're able to do some more transparent things and everybody's able to spend a little more time answering the question. So that's another way you can do it in small groups. Just break into smaller groups. Jesus did it with the feeding of the 5,000. Remember he had everybody sit down in groups of 50. So you can just do the same thing. If your small group has 30 people in it, no problem. You can do a discovery Bible study. Just have everybody break up into groups of five or six do the discovery Bible study, and then you can come back together and maybe share the last few minutes. So how long should all of this take? Well, I'm talking about it way more, way longer than it should take. I've talked about it now for a grand total of about an hour and a half, considering last night and tonight. Now, some of my Thursday night groups definitely took an hour and a half, but they were guys and girls together. They were more like life groups. We did discovery Bible study and we had obedience and transformation. And we had some real vulnerability and, and confidentiality and things that were going on to be sure, but they weren't really discipling groups because they weren't very small and they weren't single gender. And so a lot of those groups would run an hour and a half because we'd spend a lot of time on those first few questions because we'd be sharing life with each other. We'd be catching up from the week. Sometimes our group wouldn't officially start until about 7.20, 7.30. And for the small group time, for life group time, 
that was okay. If you are meeting during a lunch hour or you're meeting somebody before work, you might need to be a little more focused with your time, get started right away and get through it. You can easily do a discovery Bible study in 30 to 45 minutes, depending on the length of the passage, depending on how many groups of people are sitting around the table. So I'd really encourage you to think about uh, who can you ask to do a discovery Bible study? Who is someone that you can sit down across a cup of coffee or across, uh, you know, these days, uh, across a, a video chat, FaceTime, Zoom, something like that, and do a discovery Bible study of some kind? Um, you know, with modern technology, you don't even have to be in the same room. You can do it over the phone. So you don't even, you don't even have to use modern technology. Uh, you can send emails back and forth, I guess. You could do it that way if you needed to. But there's plenty of ways to reach out with people. This does not have to be strictly an evangelistic tool. In fact, you're primarily going to use this with people that already believe, that are learning to trust and follow Jesus more deeply. They're, they're already committed to following Christ. They've already been baptized. They're already saved. So you're going to use it a lot with Christian people. So if you're nervous about using it evangelistically, start with people at church. Start with many of you that are watching are married. Start with your spouse. Just turn to your spouse and say, hey, why don't we do a discovery Bible study this week and just see how that goes? Um, that would be a great way to do it. Maybe you've got a neighbor that needs checking on, or maybe you've got a coworker or something like that, that you guys can meet up uh, for early breakfast or uh, at your lunch break or something like that. So there's lots of ways to do this. You can use it evangelistically, or you can um, do it with other Christians. The sad truth is many Christians these days have not been discipled. So a lot of you listening are, are older than me, and you grew up in a culture that was very Christian and very hospitable to Christian worldview. That's not the world we live in anymore. I saw that world change throughout my lifetime. You've seen it change. And for people younger than me, they grew up in a world that was Christianity was not the home team. Uh, Christian worldview was not the primary worldview that's being espoused by all the movies that they watch, all the television shows that they watch, all the music that they listen to, all the politics that are going on. Turn on the TV now, turn it to any channel, and I guarantee you, you're, it's going to be real difficult to find something that is espousing a Christian worldview. So you've got a lot of Christians growing up and they're not being discipled. Their culture isn't discipling them anymore. And they need someone to sit down and really read scripture with them. And I promise when you sit down with another Christian and you do a discovery Bible study with them, it's going to help you grow as much as they grow. So in the old sort of church membership mindset, once you said you were following Jesus and once you showing up for church every Sunday, I mean, that, that's kind of it right? But in a discipleship mindset, there's continual growth. And when you're thinking of discipleship as having generations where you've discipled someone and you've discipled them to disciple someone, and that person has discipled someone, you get three and four generations coming after you. Until you have just generations of disciples coming after you, there's always growth left to do. And so there's plenty of discovery Bible study left to be done. And the Bible is huge. There's so many stories in it. There's so many stories to look at. Um, going through uh, Discovery Bible Study. I mean, you can do it just for weeks and weeks and weeks. You can do it for the rest of your life and never exhaust uh, the scriptures. So I go through four books with my guys, and I've said it before, I won't do all this long, but Colossians, Ephesians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. I love it because it walks through the four stages of spiritual growth, spiritual infancy, spiritual childhood, spiritual young adulthood, and spiritual parenthood. Colossians uh, is great for spiritual infancy. Ephesians is great for spiritual children. Uh, First Timothy is about 
the character of Christian service and Christian ministry that's great for young adults. And the sweet pastoral letter of Second Timothy is perfect to show what spiritual parenthood is like. So I go through those four books. It takes me nine months to a year and a half to go through it. I'll spend a few weeks in Colossians. We'll spend sometimes nine months in Ephesians. We'll really chew on Ephesians because that's the time when they're going to grow the most. And then we'll really rock it through First Timothy and Second Timothy. So one way that you can sit down with a Christian and do Discovery Bible Study is to go through those four books. But first, just start with Colossians. It's only four chapters. It's a short book. It's a positive book. It's an encouraging book. It has the full gospel in it. It has uh, Christian uh, ideas about Christian living in there. Uh, it's a really, really great short letter from Paul. It's a really great place to start. It's a really great place for people to cut their teeth on uh, Discovery Bible Study. So if you've got a Christian person that you'd love to read the Bible with once a week, give them a call, shoot them a text, send them an email, tweet them, whatever, however you get in touch with people, reach out to them. See if they'll go through Colossians with you. See if they'll spend about, you know, six or eight weeks going through Colossians with you, just a piece at a time, doing discovery Bible study. You'll be surprised. A lot of people will say yes to that, especially Christians. They'll say yes to that. And those of you who are older, if you called up a younger Christian, you took interest in them and you said that you wanted to spend that time with them. Honestly, I think they would be floored. I think they would be blown away. The, the younger generations are craving leadership. They are craving authentic wisdom. They are craving spiritual direction. They are they are craving pastoral care. I promise you, they're craving it. They're not living their lives like it, but they're living their lives that way because they don't have it. They're craving it, I promise. And so if you were to take interest in them and show love to them by reaching out saying, hey, would you want to spend six or eight weeks just on the phone or something like that doing Discovery Bible Study with me, go through the book of Colossians? I think many of them would say yes. I think you'd be surprised. So this is what I'll leave you with. Please, Reach out to someone this weekend about doing a discovery Bible study for the next few weeks. Ask a Christian to read the book of Colossians. If it's a non-Christian, you can go through, you know, Gospel of Mark or something like that, or do uh, the Discovering God series. But reach out to someone, start a discovery Bible study this week and see how much it changes them and see how much the word of God and God's love changes you. If you got any questions about Discovery Bible Study, feel free to message me, call me, text me. If you want to do one uh, as a tryout on the phone with me, I'd be glad to do that. Um, but I, I think you're going to find it's a really simple tool to use. It's a no-brainer. It's very straightforward. So put it into practice. Uh, read the Bible with other people. Help other people trust and follow Jesus. Sketches from Scripture is a production of Parabolos, the production company of author and filmmaker Paul Andrew Skidmore. Subscribe to this podcast and more at skidmore.substack.com.